The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by mybookie.ag. Join now and mybookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Use the promo code SGP50 to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win and get paid. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is the only app that puts all the knowledge you need to make smart bets in the palm of your hand. Access line movement and public betting trends in real time and track your picks by using their My Picks feature. So head over to betql.co where you can download it for free. And finally, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also brought to you by Oddshark. Oddshark provides you free picks from the supercomputer and expert writing staff with data-driven editorial content. So make sure you follow Oddshark on Twitter at Oddshark and check them out at www.oddshark.com. Hey guys, you are listening to World Cup 247 on the brand new Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Billy, and I am joined by my colleague for this bumper edition of World Cup 247. It's Shiraz Baziko. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How how have you been doing? How have you been uh, doing after the first game? Did you have any bets on that or...? Um, I didn't put a bit. I, I didn't put any singles on. They're part of a bigger accumulators. Do you know, what? I, I fancied Russia. Um, I know there was a lot of kind of pessimism because there's a lot of stuff in the media saying that you know it's the worst team that they fielded um, for a long time. But you know, the, the home advantage thing. Um, I think I think it's important to a country like Russia, and obviously it showed. I didn't think it would be five nil. I think I predicted two nil. Um, I think I sent that over to you earlier on today, just as a uh, as some initial thoughts. But I, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't estimate it'd be that. I, I thought Smolov would get on the um, score sheet as well, which he didn't. Obviously, everything was kind of centering around him up top, from what I read in the build up. But uh, yeah, it seems like they've got a bit of depth, and I think that they're actually going to do quite well in the groups after that. Yeah, we, we did pick Russia and Uruguay to get through this group because we said that the tournament really wouldn't allow Russia to not go through. But um, we took under two and a half goals for that game. I thought it might be a bit tighter than that. But the opening ceremony, as I said, um, you can research every single thing to death. And the trend on the opening ceremony was 10 out of the last 13 have have gone under two and a half goals. I mean, now that's over 75%. But, you know, in the end, it, it hasn't... It hasn't landed for us so far, but um, we'll move on because we have made money on the EPL show throughout the year. So hopefully we can make money on these upcoming games. Um, One of the other good things about doing it in this format and why we did World Cup 247 daily is because just in the past two days, things have happened in this reflecting this tournament and world football in general. So USA, Canada and Mexico are going to host the 2026 World Cup. Not too much to say on that, but it is a breaking story. And then obviously the main one is is the plight of Spain who have sacked their manager because Real Madrid have hired him and he's taken a Real Madrid job without telling them. Um, that's actually made them drop down from joint second favourites down to fourth favourites. Do you think that's an accurate... Um, decision by the bookies to move them down that much, down from five to one to thirteen to two, seven to one in some places. Um, do you know what? I, I think that obviously um, it, it's a big decision. It's something big that's happened, and I think obviously it does change the landscape a little bit for what people thought Spain were going to do. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think they had something similar happened in 2010, right, with them. Um, and I think their first game was against Switzerland. I think they lost their first game against Switzerland. And Hierro, who's come in as kind of their assistant, uh, or I think he's a, something with football, isn't he? He's like the director of director, football or whatever. Yeah. Now he's, yeah, so he's coming in to kind of like take over his management. He was part of that then. In 2010, they looked they looked shaky and terrible in the first uh, in the first game. Then he'd come. I think, I think it's going to be the same kind of situation where, you know, it's unfortunate 
unfortunate that they're playing Portugal in the first game. I think if they had an easier opener, um, you know, they would have kind of got this bit of, um, I don't know, negativity or a bit of, you know, kind of displacement or whatever that they're going to be feeling out of their system quite early on. Um, but I don't think Portugal's a team to do it against. So I think it's going to cost them initially, but I think as per 2010, they'll bounce back pretty quickly. I, I think there's enough respect in the dressing room for someone like Hierro to, you know, kind of lead them. Um, and they're not going to, it's not like, you know, just anybody's coming in, you know, like a, you know, a non-footballing manager or someone that they, they're not going to kind of respect. He's got all the older players. He's, he's, if not played with, like, you know, he's, he's managed or kind of been a part of that locker room in some way over the years. So I think they will play for him. I just think it's going to take, you know, that first 90 minutes to kind of bed in. So because of that, um, I think it's going to affect the first result. Um, and moving forwards, I don't think that the change uh, in the odds from the bookies' perspective, I, I actually think it's actually a good bet now, Spain. You know, I, I don't think it's going to affect them throughout the competition. Um, but yeah, I, I won't be prob probably putting them into any actors or even taking any singles on them in the first game. No, we'll be we'll be on that game actually in a minute. Sounds like you have a bet for it. So, first game out tomorrow at one o'clock will be well one o'clock UK time will be Egypt versus Uruguay. Egypt eleven to two, Uruguay eight to thirteen. Uruguay are the favourites to win the group. They're still the favourites to win the group despite that Russia annihilation just then. Um, what do you think on this game? Uh, Mo Salah just been announced today that he will play um, very close to one hundred percent fit according to Liverpool's website. Yeah, I think um, I do. I do. Obviously, I'd like most. He's obviously been, you know, spectacular this year. But I, I don't think you can create your game or kind of like be centric around one player. I don't think there's enough. I think that Uruguay have got obviously. Uh, a lot kind of going from obviously not just with Cavani and Suarez up top but you've got you've got a bit more depth you've got people that have played with each other for quite a while you know from the back they've got, they've got a decent spine basically I think you know with um, yeah whether it's with like Godin and uh, is it Jorgen Jimenez or yeah. Morella I don't know if it's the same same kind of back where they've come through qualif qualification with right so I think all the way through they've got a decent they've got a decent squad of players or decent 11 anyway that have played there or thereabouts together um, and I think they're all kind of world class or quality in Egypt you might have you've got Salah and maybe what, one or two others that are playing at a decent standard um, I, 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 I can only see it going one way really but I wouldn't I wouldn't be I, I was thinking I wouldn't be surprised if Egypt nicked a goal because um, Uruguay aren't uh, I don't know they're, they're not amazing at the back I know they're solid enough but I don't know I've, I've not got it I've basically put in two results I've put in either 1-0 Uruguay or 2-1 Uruguay um, so I think Uruguay are going to win I think it's going to be tight I don't think Uruguay are going to blast them away. I think they're going to get settled um, in the tournament, but I don't think it's going to be a, you know, it's any, anything like what you've seen today. Yeah, I think on that note, I, I think that it's important here for for these two teams not to lose this game because obviously everybody's going to be looking at Saudi Arabia now as a team that they can beat. So it's important yeah. to avoid a defeat in this game. However, I just think, again, a lot hinges on, on Mo Salah and whether he be 100% or not. Uh, he's still coming off the fast as well. We just One of the factors that we didn't factor in was that this Saudi team were probably fasting as well. And um, I just don't like Mo Salah at one o'clock in the afternoon um, fast in the middle of fasting. So, um, and coming off an injury... <laughs> If, if, well, it finishes today, doesn't it? The fast, or is it tomorrow as well? It's tomorrow's last day or something. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure entirely, but I don't like him off an injury either, and I don't like yeah. the entire nation's hopes hinged on one person's shoulders. I like Uruguay at four to six um, minus one fifty US price um, to get off to get off to a start here, and that's going to mean Egypt uh, are going to be chasing throughout. And, and I think again, Uruguay and Russia to get out of this group. Um, the next group starts tomorrow at four o'clock, but it starts with Morocco. And Iran. Probably. Can I just quickly ask um, who who have you got? You've got Russia and Uruguay to go through. Have you got have you got one to pick the other, or do you think it's going to be quite tight? How no. do you see them two getting? Uh, no, I just I had I just put it out as a dual forecast that five to six when the tournament started. Okay. Um, I don't know about the order. I think now Russia 
look, Uruguay are going to have to beat Russia in the last game because um, un- unless Uruguay win these first two games, there is some pressure now on Uruguay because you don't really want to come second in this group because it could mean playing Spain. And I think you'd rather play Portugal. Now, with Russia prodding along, they could probably draw the next two games and have five points, which would mean Uruguay would need seven, which would mean they would need to win this and beat Saudi Arabia and then, and then play out that draw with Russia. So that 5-0 is important for so many reasons. Um, I think even, you know, even at 3-0, that was a really good result for goal difference, obviously. But um, yeah, on that, for that reason, off the back of that 5-0 and looking at all the mathematics that 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 entails, I'm going to just go for Uruguay straight out. Um, So Group B, Morocco versus Iran. Morocco 5-4, Iran 13-5. Nothing stands out for me here other than the one statistic that I'm going into this game with is that Morocco kept six clean sheets in qualifying. I don't have much to go on other than that. Um, no, I think I think I'm the same. I think that uh, I, yeah, I've i just not just not got much on it. I think that Iran have done well to kind of get here. I think Morocco have got a bit more experience, um, so I'm kind of I was I'm leaning towards Morocco that way. But I've I've kind of looked at. Uh, uh, at the most of one all, but an under two and a half. I don't think they're not, none of them are kind of like prolific in front of goal. Um, I don't think it's going to be a entertaining game by any means. I don't think anything that's that they've done in the build up has kind of said it would be. Yeah, and this will be the first game that I'll be missing because I do have something to do tomorrow at that time. So I've 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 gone safe here for the under two and a half goals, but I did say that again about today's game. I think I'll have to just treat that as an anomaly today because. Like I said, Saudi Arabia just didn't turn up and then the combination of Russia's first competitive game in in a couple of years also um, might be a factor there. Um, So moving on to the game of the day quite quickly then. Um, Spain versus Portugal. Um, Portugal as big as 3-1 to in places. Um, The draw is 9-4 to and um, Spain are 21-20. If you guys obviously... um, are over in the States, look at our sponsor, Odd Shark, because Odd Shark will give you the best odds um, at whatever bookies you you, you, t- you end up using. And um, you'll probably be able to find uh, Portugal as big as three to one over there if you if you do like Portugal. Who do you like in this game? Um, so, so this is it. I, I think basically everything that's happening. I think, yeah, I think Spain are unfortunate they got Portugal as the first game. Um, I, I don't think they're going to win it, but I kind of see. I, I think they're too strong to lose. So I think it's either going to be a, they're going to play out a dull nil nil, or if there's a goal in it, it's going to be one all, um, something like that. If it's more exciting, I, I still I still can't see either team winning. Um, I don't think Portugal. You know, they're introducing a couple of new players since obviously they won the Euros. They've had a lot of people that have kind of fallen out of favour at clubs and all the rest of it so they've got a lot of it's not the same team if people are looking at you know the Euros previously as an indicator of how Portugal are going to get on it's not the same team so they've had a dip since then they've come back around there's people that are playing well uh, but I think that um, yeah, I, th- I think it's still it's still quite kind of fresh for them I don't think they're good enough to be a, uh, a Spain team at the end of the day even without the Spanish manager you know you've still got your Iniestas and your Costas and your you know your Ramoses and everything the players still there the squad's still the team's still there how much the manager's going to influence them I don't know but I don't think it's going to influence them enough to lose the first game to Portugal I think it's going to have some impact but not that much so yeah I'm basically hanging my hat on a draw to some extent uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna. I have to. I have to try and get off this pick because I seem to be living on this pick at the moment. But I like under two and a half goals again because I just can't. Portugal. They well. I'm, when you say the name Portugal, you think of all this attacking football and you think of Cristiano Ronaldo. However, that's not what they did to win the European Championship. And I just can't see them coming out and playing Spain. They're going to be playing this whole game, trying to hit on the counter-attack and score. And also Spain, uh, it sometimes takes them a while to break teams down. There's going to be a lot of square passing here. There's going to be a lot of not wanting to lose. And you have to look at it from this other side. If they draw against each other, then it's just a case of how they cope against Morocco and Iran. And basically, that that to me, that spells out goal difference. So yeah. I... I agree that it could be a draw and almost a draw that's that's played out because obviously Spain are dealing with all that crap that they've got going on and Portugal will be happy with the result as well. I don't think anybody is too sad to draw this game uh, and then move on to the easier competition of Morocco and Iran. Therefore, if someone nicks it, they nick it, but I literally do think it'll be nicking it. I don't see anyone blasting the other one out of the park and therefore under two and a half goals again is, is the pick for me in this uh, final Group B game of the of the week. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they're going to be. You know, none of the none of the local media are going to be disappointed. No one's getting on their backs if they draw that game. You know, for Spain, they're playing against the European champions. For Portugal, they're playing against the, you know, uh, European and World Cup champions of, of you know the last ten years or whatever. So I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're far off there. I, th- I think uh, yeah, a played out draw, not many goals, is probably right. So let's move over to Group C. By the way, guys, just before I do that, just remember that all the odds and sorry, all the bets that we give out here, you can get over at mybookie.ag, who are a sponsor here, and enter the code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus. And if you're looking for something that we that we've given out here and you want to find the best odds for it, if we've given out odds that you can't find, just look up Odds Shark over in the US because that will give you all the bookies and you'll get the best possible odds that you can find. And um with this first game, you've got your struggle to find um, really good value for France to beat Australia. France are one to four. Australia are ten to one. The draw is eleven to two. Um, I saw France against the USA, and they did not play very well, despite putting out their first team. However, I think Australia are even worse. Um, they come out of a very very easy qualification campaign. Uh, my bet for this group was France top. Australia last and Denmark and Peru are both very good and either one could come out of this group with France but I think this is a perfect get right game for France and I think they may be able to look like the first sort of overhyped team in a competition here after this game against Australia um, yeah I basically agree with uh, with everything you've said and I've got kind of some reasons, some reasons for it as well. I think, um, I think, yeah, France for me is a no-brainer throughout, um, and I think they're going to do quite well in this competition. I think that they've got a good squad. Um, I really like, I really like the manager as well. I just want to say, that obviously, that apart from the one blip, I think they had in the qualifications, they had one one loss. Was it Sweden they lost to? I think in the qualifiers. Um, Sweet. So, so, so I'm. I haven't. I haven't. You've, you've probably looked up more than me. We already did our group bets, so if that. Yeah, okay. Fine. Word for that. Fine. Well, yeah, I think apart from that blip, I think France have looked good, and I think they always look good. Um, I really like the manager. I think he's a he's a good competition manager as well, and I think he's got obviously the backing of like squad and you know and, and the whole nation really. I actually just read a um, a funny article about well, not a funny article, but a reason. Obviously, about his squad selection. There's obviously a couple of people left out of it, like Karen Benzema was one of them, and I didn't realise up until yesterday it was because of the. Um, the 2016 sex scandal thing that he was involved in and he made an obviously really big decision to kind of like yeah, drop Benzema, you know, and Burn, Ribéry but then also I mean he's left out people like Martial he, he's just not taking anyone that's not playing for their clubs he's he's kind of stuck with this and if you look at the 11 it cuts down on the individuals like he won't play Lamar alongside Mbappe um, he's very much you know there's, there's a lot of like hype players there but he sticks it out with Olivier Giroud and makes um, Griezmann and and Mbappe play out wide. So he's very much kind of doing the same thing that he did in the last tournament where France really should have won the tournament and they blew it against Portugal. That's why I wouldn't take them as a winner because I do think that they will bottle it at some point in the tournament. Uh, but, But here I think they have a chance to look good despite that USA result. So, so do you not think you think that um, is it Giroud or Dembele? I guess are the options aren't they to sit with Mbappe or Griezmann? You think that Giroud's going to get the nod, do you? I think Giroud will be the middleman. Yeah, I think I think he likes Giroud in the middle. I don't, he has a thing for Giroud. He had it. He had it in the last competition as well, where where Giroud ended up playing over other options. A lot of people want to see Griezmann down the middle and uh, to try and get Lamar in this team and and uh, alongside Mbappe as well. But no, he's very much loyal to Olivier Giroud. Yeah, well, he's got the most goals for this, well, for France out of this current squad as well, as in terms of all the strikers. He's got the most experience, I think, as well. He's played the most games, most goals. So it makes sense, right, to play Drew. It makes sense. It makes sense for him, obviously. Like there, there are there are better players, but um, for, if, for for us, I, I don't know. As you, you're an Arsenal fan, so I think you saw more of Giroud than, than anyone else. But I mean, people seem to like him because he's gone into Chelsea and he's been preferred to Morata. I think he offers something to managers that we can't really see as, as as football fans if that makes sense I, I think it's more of a um, more of a, a tactic or an option that, that's that's there for everyone and, and we're, maybe we're just not we're just not seeing it because we don't see how hard he works possibly and, and it might be something that managers like 
Well, for, for me, when he, when he was at Arsenal, it was always like the big, he was a big impact substitute, wasn't he? So, you know, I always thought he was going to get used in, in, in that capacity, obviously, if he's going to play for France, you know, come in and do the job after 60 or 70 if they were looking for a goal. Uh, but I think um, I think what Deschamps likes about him, he's got two very quick players in, obviously, and back then. I think, you know, Griezmann's quick as well. He, he does a lot with the ball and he's, he's quite creative. So I think he likes the idea of just having a big, strong, you know, actual, you know, a real out-and-out kind of striker, a good number nine, you know, up ahead which is what he probably sees um, you know that slot going to going to Giroud so yeah um, going back to obviously what you're saying I, I definitely think France right now I think I think Australia are uh, definitely the bottom team you know they had a phase you know years ago in the cure kind of you know Viduka era that's long past I don't think I don't think there's anything really there now I think Cahill is the only player of real note, but what is he, 38 or something, 39? Um, and if that's if he, I don't even think he's going to play actually. But I mean, that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything really there. I think that the bottom ones, Peru and Denmark are interesting. And I think they know that they have, um, that they're kind of competing against each other for that second slot, obviously, definitively. That's what they're going for. And it shows in their, all their friendly fixtures. There's, we'll, we'll talk uh, about them when we're on them because, because we've got that game to cover. And the most interesting thing about that is, is that, is that both of them really, both countries from the supporters aspect are really, really expecting um, a big World Cup from from both of them. They both think that they have the best yeah. team that either one has had for years. But in this, what was your bet for this game? And we'll get to Peru because that's the uh, that's the five o'clock game. Weirdly, these Group C fixtures are split, as in ones at eleven o'clock and ones at five o'clock, and then the Group D fixtures will intertwine into this as a two o'clock game for Argentina and an eight o'clock game for Croatia. That's why we're covering 10 games actually on this, on this very podcast. So um, for France, you have, you have what I'm going to go for France I'll, minus I'll, one. I'll Sorry, go on. Say that again. Uh, I'm going to go for France minus one. Um, or I'm also tempted by France to nil. Yeah. I'm going to lean on France to nil, which is the same price four to six. Fine. Well, um, my my bet. Well, it's not a bet. It's a prediction for the result. Um, I, I actually put down France four uh, nil. I think I think it's going to be an absolute hammering. I think France is going to come, you know, set off with a bit of a flyer. Um, I think it's going to be similar to kind of the Russia game we saw today in terms of, you know, I don't think Australia really going to create much. I know so I did a little bit, but I, I, yeah, I think they're going to hammer them basically. And so that would obviously take the box of minus one and France to nil. France to nil. This is why you use sites like Odds Checker in the UK and Odds Shark over there in the US, because obviously I originally used a particular bookie to have a look at this. And um, while we've been discussing France, it's given me time to use Odds Checker. So I've managed to find France at 10 to 11 to win to nil. Um, but and I've managed to find them at four to five with a minus one handicap. So either one of those I like. I'm, I'm narrowly kneeling to nil. But yeah, it's always worth having a look around well, you've got you've got odd shark over there so make sure that you do have a look around to see where, what you can find otherwise i would have taken four to six there and um that's a significant difference in a, in a bet that's if you if you have a hundred pound bet on that that would have been about a 23 24 pound difference on the payout um had you had you just taken the first available book i know you don't do it do you 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 i'm always saying it to you and you're always saying to me it doesn't matter yeah, no, that, it doesn't. I'm, I, I tend to look for like the the big odds bet. That's why you know I haven't. I don't tend to do the under two and a half unless I can see. Uh, like three or four of them I intend to do but to Neil's unless I can see a couple of them you know which over a, oh no over I'm talking about round. in terms of you don't chop around as much as you should for, for prices you, you no no, I don't. I'm an acrobat, so it doesn't really make a difference to me. They start adding up anyway. Or you or you'll kind of get, you know, you'll get, if you're betting on singles, it's definitely the way to do it. Uh, and, I, and I understand, you know, shopping around. But when you've got an accumulator, the idea is that you might get good odds one place and better odds in another place. So if you put in an acro, it ends up balancing out. When he says acro for US listeners, he means parlay. So I'll be getting a parlay off him at the end for the whole weekend. So I'm going to give that, I'm going to give you the parlay. Uh, at the end of this, you'll do, a, you'll do an underdog a parlay and a lock, which is your most certain pick from the weekend. So uh, it's a three-team parlay. So just think about that as we're running through. Um, next up, Argentina versus Iceland. Argentina at one to three. Uh, Iceland ten to one. The draw is is four to one. Um, again, this is this is another one where where you, where it looks like on paper it's going to be a very one-sided game. However. Unlike the Australia situation, where Australia kind of have a very, very easy qualification process, Iceland don't. 
And they've now made it to two major competitions, including being in the quarterfinals of the European Cup, where they knocked out England on the way. And now they're back here against Argentina. They've managed to get to the World Cup here again. Um, they're not as bad as people think that they are. And I think Argentina might struggle here. I don't think they're going to lose the game, but I don't think they're going to blow Iceland away like people might be thinking just because they have Lionel Messi in the team, who also plays kind of out of position in this team. Uh, yeah, I think I think obviously there's a lot of expectation on Messi, isn't there? And there always is every tournament. He's like, you know, I've seen all those captions where you know there's a, there's a picture of him and he's holding the whole team on his shoulders. Uh, I don't I don't think um, it's necessarily like that. I do think that they've got a bit more depth than people give them credit for Argentina. But I do think that Messi, this if there's any tournament, it's going to be this one where he really comes out. You know, he's had uh, uh, so a lot of the stuff that I've read makes a lot of sense in terms of you know that at Barcelona had a, uh, an early Champions League exit. Um, you know, that's that obviously same with Manchester City, so it helps with him and Aguero. But more for Messi, you know, the the you know the La Liga was basically locked down nice and nice and early for them. So he's had he's had a decent chunk of the season not to get too or a decent end part of the season not to get too kind of stressed out and he hasn't had a lot of big games, he hasn't had a lot to do. So he should be well rested. You know, normally when he goes into a World Cup, especially with the last one, it was on it was at a point of exhaustion and you don't really get a lot out of him, especially when there's so much pressure on. So I think he's gonna go into it a bit more relaxed and I think that will hopefully going toward of Argentina so to, uh, Argentina team so I think there might be a bit of a, a dark horse in them with Iceland I think yeah I completely agree with you I think they are um, I think they are somebody that's worth watching um, to pick up the odd kind of result I don't think it'll happen against Argentina and however good they have been getting here um, they've been really bad in the in their friendlies kind of in the run up I think they've you know them and uh, who else in their group I think it's Nigeria um, they've they've had uh, they haven't had the best kind of like run in coming into the tournament so whether that's just where they were trying stuff out um, but if you've you know if you've come this far and you've actually got into the tournament you would kind of stick to your guns a bit so I don't really know what's gone wrong over the last few games but they haven't had the best run it so my, my I think Argentina will win I don't think they're going, it's going to be you know super convincing but you know I think it's I think it'll probably be a win to nil um, and I would say my I basically I've got Argentina 2-0 so yeah however you want to kind of take that but I, I think that's probably fair I'm just a little bit worried about this the opening game jitters and, I, and I've seen Argentina struggle in qualification against against teams like this that just sit back man mark Messi um, and, and, and invite Argentina on to play I don't think Iceland are going to score at all on the counter um, but for the difference in price here Argentina to win to nil even money Argentina to keep a clean sheet 10 to 11 now I think that they will win the game I've gone 1-0 Argentina in this game Uh some, but I, but when I'm sitting there in the 65th minute and it's nil nil, I know I'm going to be wishing that I just went for the clean sheet instead. So I'm just going to take um, Argentina for a clean sheet here, or Iceland not to score basically, uh, because I don't think that they're going to try and score. I I think this will be a game where um, where it's going to be about if Argentina break them down and how long it takes. Are you using World Soccer Mag by the way to um, to get some statistics for these games? Yeah, I've got I've got World Soccer Man. I picked up um, there's a couple of magazines I picked up. I think it's four four two. There's some articles in there I picked up as well. Um, and obviously, it's just doing the, the friendlies. The research on the friendlies just obviously. I just went on BBC Sport and just kind of had a look at when I was looking at the leagues. You can see their previous fixtures. So obviously, it had the um, yeah, they're kind of like the four friendlies. I think one was in March, and then a lot of that over the last couple of weeks have made they've had, they've had a couple, which is really interesting. When you move on to the next game, it was something that uh, that, that was, um, was was quite a funny one with the Peru Denmark. Yeah, because I, I just wanted to make mention that um, obviously Messi's goal-scoring record at Barcelona is nearly one goal a game. But at Argentina, I mean, it sounds really ridiculous to say this, but to say he's only scored, but he's only scored 61 goals in 123 appearances. However, if you match, Higuain and Aguero's goal-scoring records are quite similar, as in like one in one in every two. Uh, Higuain's got 31 and 70, and Aguero's got 36 and 84. For Aguero to have 84 caps and Higuain to have 70, that means they've seen a lot of football. So what the manager, what every manager has made the mistake of doing, is trying to get all three in, and this is the exact effect. It takes Messi down way past the goal of game record because he's sitting in behind these. And um, again, that's going to be the situation this World Cup. If you want to get the most out of him he has to play where he actually plays um, and I think that's going to be a factor again that's why you're not going to see Argentina in my opinion blitz teams away but then again 
I just got that Russia game completely wrong today. I didn't think Russia had that in them either. So Argentina could turn up and rip Iceland to pieces. I just don't see it, to be honest. Um, so the next game, I'm going to I'm going to defer to you mostly for this game for Peru. Well, I was just going to say on the on the last one, probably just on Argentina. I, what, what do you think on Aguero? Because obviously it's the first competition really where he's been the player he is now. Obviously, I know four years ago he was kind of coming through and cutting his teeth a bit. Obviously, you know, sitting all the rest of it. But it's, it's this year really where he's had a good three, you know, years of being absolutely well, four years of being absolutely prolific behind him. Um, do you not think that's going to kind of boost him a bit? And he's going to actually he could actually turn out to be one of the shining people, even if Messi's sitting behind as a producer. It could be Aguero nicking all the goals yeah I mean all the goals is quite a bold statement because they're not they've not been murdering teams as I already said um, but um, and also they, they they didn't have as many one one thing that did I don't know if it goes in their favour or if it's going to be a negative but they ended up cancelling that friendly that they had in Israel so they're coming yeah. into this either very rested or very rusty so I guess we'll see We'll see what, what what how that pans out for them, but I'm not too sure. Um, again, I just think it will be a case of spreading goals out, like a three here or a three there. I don't think it's going to be like it's. I, I envision it being at Belgium, where I think somebody like Lukaku, who really really does play as the lone striker, is going to get a lot of goals. And I think Jesus for Brazil is going to have a really good tournament as well. The the, the favourites in the goal scoring betting, Neymar. Ronaldo, Messi, those kind of players. I don't really like them, any of them, to, to really shine. Um, in fact, Aguero is a better shout. Anyone that's, I know these names are sexy, but anyone playing up there on their own, like Werner of Germany or or Aguero, Jesus or Lukaku, does have a better shout. Um, and, and you're right to mention him, but I just don't think Argentina are going to go far enough for him to be there when the likes of, I think, Diego Costa... Jesus and Lukaku are going to be playing, and even Giroud for France, are going to actually be playing in this tournament longer than Aguero. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Um, so Peru and Denmark. Yeah, so, so what was really interesting was I'm going to read is obviously if you look at the the friendlies in the in the kind of like the build up, they've all they, they seem to all have a very like deliberate tactic. Or these two in particular, they know that these two are fighting for second. So with Peru's friendlies, they've played predominantly Scandinavian teams, um, as similar to Denmark, you'd think style wise, and Denmark have played predominantly South American teams in Chile, Mexico, Panama. So it's quite it's quite interesting that they they knew that they would be you know they're they're ambitious to get past the group stage to the last. 16 and they are they're basically geared up their friendlies what it seems like for that one match which is obviously opening game um so the, just just kind of give a bit of record the references well the the records against those clubs you know peru have done quite well they drew sweden nil nil they thrashed iceland 3-1 and it was quite convincing um and with uh, denmark they drew nil nil to chile beat mexico 2-0 and i think they absolutely hammered um panama i'm pretty sure uh, i've got that started me but yeah Oh, I think they. Um, I think they also played Denmark as well and drew nil nil. So I think they're evenly matched. But what was quite interesting that they're definitely out for each other. And I think because of that, it's going to be it's going to be really entertaining game that first one for both of them. I think they're both going to go for it. I think it, that could make it go either way. It could turn it into a. Uh, they could turn it into a kind of cagey affair where they know that's a big game, or they could all come out all guns blazing and it could be a, it could be you know prolific absolute goal fest. Um, I don't know which way I'm leaning yet. I was going to kind of uh, get your thoughts on it as well and um, yeah, kind of go from there. Uh, yeah, I just think that um, I, I was looking at that as well, and I was going to go for both teams to score in this contest. However. It doesn't bode well statistically. Peru have gone both both teams to score has cashed only one percent. Uh, sorry, one time in the last five, and um, uh-huh. Denmark's only one in the last five as well. So it it doesn't really happen for them. Whether it just depends on opposition or whatnot. So that that's you know when when a bet's only cashing in twenty percent at a time and and it's odds of five to six, it's normally best to stay away from it. I yeah, I narrowly fancied. Denmark in this game just because they have the slightly better players and it is on European soil however there is a lot of hype behind this Peru team and they are really expected to do something by the people in Peru they're unbeaten as well um, 
I believe it's in 12 games now, uh, as you've just given me the friendly results. I knew what it was up until when we'd done the preview, and I don't think they've lost any of the last few. So, um, yeah. Both... yeah they, had, they, hadn't, they hadn't conceded for a load of their um, qualifying games as well. Is that right? They've done like a, you know, a decent record where they hadn't actually conceded any goals. They're really good defensively. I'm sure I read that. Yeah, they're, de- they're decent defensively, but so, but so are Denmark as well. And I mean, they have Christensen of Chelsea in there. They have Simon Kajar in there as well. Kasper Schmeichel in goal. Uh, Ericsson's in the midfield they have got decent players and I can narrowly see Denmark this, this is a no bet for me but we do pick every game here on the SGP so I'm going to just narrowly uh, go for for Denmark just basically down to the European soil element more so than anything fine um, I I think I think uh, I know I back them a lot, but I, I think this is going to be a draw. I, I've got one all written down, um, so I wasn't going for the all guns blazing thing. But I mean, uh, yeah, I do think it's going to be tight. I think that's a fair result. Basically, if it's one nil either way, I've come pretty close. So um, I'm quite happy to stick with one all. <laughs> um, last game of Saturday: Croatia versus Nigeria. Croatia three to four, thirteen to five the draw, and seventeen to four Nigeria. I tipped Croatia first, Argentina second on goal difference in our preview show. Um, just just to let you know where my head's at. Um, I also watched Nigeria at Wembley and um, they only really played the second half against England. So it was really hard to, to, to take anything from it. Nigeria's record in the last five is lost, lost, drawn, lost, lost. And Croatia come in the back of this off a mixed record, a win, a loss, a win, a loss, a draw. Uh, but these are all friendly, so there's not really too much you can take from that and I'm really just basing this on on paper for me my pick in this game is is Croatia but um if you if you have a breakdown on it I'll be I'll be willing to to listen to anything that you have to say um no I think um I think one, obviously a lot of the Nigerian supporters and the, well, I wouldn't say media because I'm not up to scratch on Nigerian media, but um, what seems to come out is they're quite confident that this is you know one of the strongest teams and squads that they've had in years um, and that it's a team that can actually do something. Now, Croatia, on the other hand, are always a team that seems... player is Alex Awobi. And well, I'm an Arsenal fan, so you know, I think I think I think they're a good, it's a good shout to I mean, everybody. Like, exactly, but that's the thing. If you look at the star player on the other team, it's... Who is it? Some people say it's Modric. Modric. Some people say it's Ivan Perisic. Some people might say Rakitic. It's it's Mandzukic. Yeah, Rakitic. It's it's hard to it's hard to say who it is. I would say it's Modric just based on what what he's been able to um, what he's been able to do consistently for Real Madrid. But um, it's just full of world class players. I think this is a really good price for Croatia to to make a statement yeah. here. Yeah, no, no, I, I think the only thing which is lingering over them, it's this constant underperformance in, in these tournaments. And there's this, all these corruption issues which are going on at the moment, which people like Modric and uh, Mandukic, I think, are getting pulled into. You know, um, so I think I think um, if, if, if they're not too unsettled by that, this could be, you know, they could do OK. But I still think that, you know, I don't think they're going to top the group. I do think that's Argentina's. I do think they're going to qualify. And to do that, they have to win this game. I think it's going to be tight because I think Nigeria, are a, a unit um, and I think that's what people are talking about is being the strongest team for years I think it's just the, the unit as opposed to you know individuals um, so I've got Croatia to win I've got it close I've got it at 2-1 um, and yeah I, I, I think that's pretty fair Alright let's move on to Sunday and um, we start out Sunday with something that I again I consider to be possibly the second the second missable game here. I not that I'm not that I'm saying I will miss it because I'll probably take some action on all of this. But um Costa Rica versus Serbia. Serbia now are the favourites at ten to eleven. Uh, Costa Rica eight to uh, eight to eight to five, I think is the best price, and twenty three to ten for the draw here. Have you got anything for this opener on Sunday? Um 
Um, I've got a draw. I think I, I, I had a stalemate. I nil nil. I had. I think Costa Rica looked quite poor in friendlies. So did Serbia. Um, although Serbia, their last game, I think, against Bolivia, they um, I think they hammered them, didn't they? Uh, the last game before the before coming here. So they'll, they'll be up a little bit of confidence. But I think, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm, I, I could I could miss this game. I don't think it's going to be um, anything special. Um, I think the nerves might get better on both these teams. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know much more on it to be honest than that. I, th- I think it's all about the other two teams in the group. Yeah, I've I've gone for a Serbia clean sheet because I think that uh, like the same bet I had earlier for Argentina because both teams are coming into this with low expectations, especially after Belgium and England just decimated Costa Rica. Now, I know England only won 2-0, but if you watch the game, England should have won yeah. about 5-0. Belgium did annihilate them uh, 4-1 and um, that that also involved Belgium not really playing for the last half an hour either so um, so yeah I, I don't think Costa Rica look, look very good at all um, you know Serbia have got players that play in the Premier League like uh, Tadic and Mitrovic uh, Matic I fully expect Serbia to, to, to win this game but I'm going to take them to have it no do you know what I, I'm just going to take them to win this game it doesn't make too much difference on the price um, and, and, I, and I think Serbia have got enough to win this game and possibly even finish second in the group uh, but it will depend a lot on that Serbia-Switzerland game um, this, is a, this is a group where I strongly expect Brazil to win all three matches which was a special bet at an enhanced price of three to one, um, you can still back it as a normal parlay at uh, around about two to one if you do fancy that. But um, we'll be on the Brazil game soon. Next up, Germany versus Mexico. Germany one to two, Mexico six to one, and uh, the draw is ten to three. Germany one to two. Any you got any thoughts on why that is not something like one to three or anything like that? I, I mean, why are Mexico getting so much respect? I, I, I guess it's I guess it's Germany's running as well. I think uh, I, I spoke to you um, uh, a little while ago, and you were saying that you know Germany hadn't looked great um, in the build-up, and I, I guess that's kind of a bit of a common feeling. But the thing is, you can't you can't ever um, you know write off Germany. I think they've, they've had a bad run into the tournament, but you can't ignore their they've got a ten and zero in qualifying. You know when, when when it actually matters, they they actually you know they just go through. I think they destroyed people. They had some like a plus forty goal difference or something in the qualifying, um, and I just. Don't think they're going to feel any any pressure. I think Mexico are. I think they've got a decent side um, from everything I've read up about them. Um, it's potentially their best team they've that they've had in a major tournament in a while. So I think there's some expectation there. And I think those two things will contribute, won't they? You know, Germany's recent rec- most recent record and the fact that Mexico of their recent record and the fact that how strong they've looked or how much they're hyped um, will will come to that. I think I think no one will be surprised if it's a draw, for example. Even though there'll be a couple of people that think it's a uh, it's a bad result for Germany. I don't. I don't think people will turn around and go, "Oh my God, Germany drew to Mexico. That's terrible." I think instead it's going to be more, you know, like, "Oh all right, yeah, Mexico played really well. Germany need to pick it up if they're going to do anything moving forwards." So I, I, I guess that's the kind of attitude most people have, and you know, that's obviously resonated with the bookies as well. Yeah, I, I think for this game, I think I'm going to have to take the opportunity to take Germany at one to two. Um, as in in the opening game because they I think they do have a very good record in the opening game generally in in, in World Cups um, and it's not very often that that will happen but if you like something bigger at five to two you can get Germany and both teams to score because Germany's back four has looked shaky they were one nil up against Austria and I know it's a friendly and I take less kind of from the friendly against Saudi Arabia because they totally stopped playing in the second half and they allowed Saudi Arabia to 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 score and almost equalize as well so I take less from that because in the first half it was fairly dominant and they won 2 0 but Austria is a rival there's a rivalry between Germany and Austria and that was an embarrassing result to lose to Austria 2-1 so um, I'm not too too confident about this defence and I could see Mexico scoring in this game Uh, so if you like something bigger take that but I'm going to just plumb for the opportunity to have Germany at 1-2 to win their opening game against the Mexico side that yeah it's okay but none of these players in any in this Mexico team will play for any of the top teams in Europe or even any of the top six in Premier League as an Arsenal fan um, there isn't any Mexico players you'd be taking you got rid of Carlos Vela who's their best player so that, that says a lot to me 
Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think there's any kind of standout players. Again, obviously, like the team dynamic thing. You know, you've always you've always got you've always got to worry when you've got people like Hernandez on the pitch that they're going to sneak a goal or it's going to just have that one opportunity that falls to him. And again, you know, if he popped up and scored a goal against Germany, you're not going to be surprised. So the the uh, the both teams to score thing is not it's, it's you know it's not a bad bet because they have got some element of kind of threat there. I think in terms of depth, the rest of the team, yeah, apart from uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, who's, who's going to be playing probably Reyes in the middle is it um, there's, there's no one really of note that, that's kind of coming to mind that I would think you know is, is, are going to do something spectacular or, or are going to kind of be game changers against a team of Germany's calibre so the final game finally we get to we get to conclude this this weekend which which does have some really good games in it starting obviously with Portugal Portugal and Spain as a standout a lot of people will want to going to see Argentina a lot of people are going to want to see France a lot of people are going to want to see Germany and the main team they want to see at the weekend is Brazil favorites to win the tournament starting out against Switzerland but again only priced at 1 to 2 because I do think that a lot of people believe Switzerland are going to do well including Roger Federer on Twitter who do says they have a chance of winning it I don't agree with that but they did recently get a one-all draw in a friendly against Spain so they're coming into this game um, looking in decent form but what do you think they can do against Brazil because I, again I think that you really have to hammer on Germany and Brazil this weekend uh, especially Brazil well, I think I think um, obviously that it's not just um, the run of form. They're coming in uh, like the highest FIFA ranking like ever in their history, aren't they? They're like sixth in the FIFA rankings or something, Switzerland. So I think there's going to be a lot of confidence and stuff in the in the dressing room. There's a lot of confidence in the team. Um, so I do think that's going to come out. But what you've got to remember is Brazil's last showing at, um, at World Cup was an embarrassment. So I think that you know first the two years that came after that, nothing really happened for them. Since then, they've really um, kind of you know, basically got their got their got the game together, got their act together, and they've been looking good. I, th- I think they are going to kind of come out. Um, what, what, what I basically predict is I've, I've got Brazil to win, but I think there is going to be that caginess, which is kind of the hangover from. 2014 so I've got I've got a slight margin um, and I do think Switzerland will make it difficult for them yeah I, I think this might be a very standard 2 or 3 nil. I, 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 I'm not sure um, Switzerland are, are going to really be here to, to offer much threat to Brazil I, I watched them against um Spain and even in the um, even in a friendly the idea of the entire game was containment and, uh, and and I think it's going to be a case of how long can we contain Brazil, um, and and I think once Brazil score the floodlight the, the floodlights floodgates may open and uh, may may offer Brazil a chance to get the second and third. They have got decent players. They've got Lig China Lig China that just went to Arsenal. Summer's always been a decent keeper. Xhaka plays for Arsenal as well. Shakiri plays in the Premier League, but he's just been relegated. Um, it's decent, but in, on paper. When you compare the two teams, again, it's like the Germany-Mexico situation. Um, Brazil have a dream team in, with with world eleven caliber players all over the place. You'd be you you could argue for Marcelo to be in your world eleven. Thiago Silva, Casemiro is the holding player. Um, Neymar, obviously, um, Philip Coutinho, if he even plays, because obviously this manager wasn't playing him initially. He was playing Willian and Firmino, and now. Um, Coutinho has managed to play his way into the team one of the pe- people that he does also sometimes play is Paulinho so they do Paulinho and uh, Fernandinho so they do like to keep it tight in this midfield so this isn't really the Brazil team that that are going to beat you 5-2 this is the Brazil team that are going to beat you 2 or 3-0 yeah I've, I've, I had 2-0 I had 1-0 uh, initially um, because I thought it was going to be super tight. Um, when I saw how Brazil were going to kind of set out in this tournament, I think it, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's going to be Neymar, Coutinho, and uh, Jesus, Jesus playing up top, kind of by himself. The other two are going to be wide, but obviously did very attacking car roles. And yeah, I've got I've got two kind of holding players in in Fernandinho and Polinho as well. I think they I think it's pretty similar to what that World Soccer kind of um, suggested as well that would, would be the starting lineup as what they played in a couple of their friendlies. But yeah, well, once you see that you. Can't see. I think you're right. It just depends how, how early the first goal comes. If it doesn't come until the 70th or 80th minute, then obviously they haven't got time to get to three or four nil. No, I'm going. I'm going to take Brazil to nil at six to four. I just think that um, Switzerland Switzerland's game plan is going to make this 
a very safe bet. The pattern of this game for me simply looks like it's going to be Switzerland sitting back and Brazil trying to score. It's going to be very different to Germany versus Mexico, which is why I said there was a possibility of both teams to score there because that one is going to be Germany and Mexico playing football against each other and the better football inside is Germany. This is going to be quite different. This is going to be Switzerland sitting back. So I, I really like Brazil here. Um, okay. Give me the, uh, let's let's finish off by doing lock dog parlay. Um, what's your best bet? What's your lock out of all of these? Your favourite single bet? Um, oh, if it was a single, yeah, I'm quite. Well, you, you, you won't get the odds on the obvious ones like your France's or whatever, just as a single. I like the. Um, I like a couple of the Tennille bets, so I'm just going through some of the notes that I made. I like uh, I like Germany just as a as a single to win. I don't think that's the one though. There was uh, there's one of the Tennille bets we had uh, right at the beginning, possibly Argentina. Okay. Argentina to win Tennille. Yeah, that that was um, Argent- Argentina to win Tennille was was even money, and Argentina clean sheet was ten to eleven. Yeah, so I think I think probably Argentina clean sheet then ten to eleven would probably be the one just so it avoids that gamble um, of Argentina just not managed to convert basically. Yeah, I'm going to take Brazil uh, Br- Brazil to uh, Brazil to win um, as quite a safe one, um, and I'm also going to. But I also completely agree with you, and I also think both France and Argentina to win with clean sheets are are, are, are decent picks. Although I just prefer Argentina just to get the clean sheet simply because I've been stung by that before. I believe it was Man City versus Huddersfield and in the Premier League and there was absolutely minimal difference between winning to nil and the clean sheet and uh, I was really pretty annoyed about it afterwards. Um, what's your underdog of the week? Um, right, let's have a, I'll have a fix through again. Uh, so we catch you a bit unprepared. I didn't know we were going to give these uh, these three. Do, do, you, do you, can, you can take a draw. I'm going to take a draw in the take- Portugal in the Portugal Spain game. So that that yeah. a, a, anything over anything over 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 two to one constitute anything that's not a favourite constitutes an underdog. So. Right, well, look, that was that was mine. I, I, I had one all. I don't think I'd be the one all. I'll take a draw in Portugal Spain. I think that's a good. I think that's a really good bet. And uh, parlay, have you got have you got a three team accumulator slash parlay to put out? Well, I think we'd go along the lines of what we've just said. I think probably Brazil, France, and uh, uh, I guess you would do Germany, wouldn't you? That's what I've done. I've left Argentina off just because I'm a bit skeptical. Um, so you guys can get that for a um, hundred dollars. It gives you a $265 return if you like that parlay accumulator. Um, do you want to promote any social media or anything that you're on before you go? No, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not big on the social media. Um, I'm, I'm a bit primitive in that sense. All right. Well, you guys know where we all are. We are at gambling podcast that is the gam that is the the pod the twitter account of the sports gambling podcast but obviously this is a brand new venture we are now doing this on the sports gambling network feed and and the twitter for that is at the sgpn network so it's a new twitter account this is a new feed so follow it at the sgpn network and so if you want to subscribe to this podcast, make sure you rate and review at subscribe.dsgpn.com. So subscribe.dsgpn.com if you want to subscribe to this podcast. It's a brand new network, but obviously it's all linked to Ryan and Sean who run the Sports Gambling Podcast. And um, it's just given an opportunity for myself and Christian Pina and all the other people that put content for the Gambling Podcast to go off on our own on this own feed. So give it your support, follow it on Twitter, subscribe, rate and review on iTunes. I've been Billy, he's been Shiraz Baziko, and he'll be back for the bumper preview the bumper weekend preview that we do throughout the world cup and i'll be back with world cup 247 in a few days time thanks for listening